If you're a fan of the classic metal show and you've progressed past a flip phone, then you better have the CMS app on your phone. Get it today. It's in both the Google and iOS app stores. It's the CMS app. Get it? It's got everything you would possibly want from the CMS. So get it today and stay connected to the CMS. Hey, everybody, it's Chris Aiken from the Classic Metal Show and the Aftershocks podcast. And I know you want to see this next episode, but right before we do it, just want to remind you that if you have an Amazon device, whether it's a TV or a Fire Stick or Fire Cube or whatever it would be, a Fire Box if you're old school, uh, make sure you add the CMSPN to it. Just look up CMS Podcast Network on your Amazon device add the channel and you will get every episode of all four shows for free right there on your TV. Make us part of your TV viewing every single day and night. All right. Uh, it's the CMS podcast network, cmspn.com. And it is now on Amazon. So get it. All right. All right. Here's the episode you came to see. get rolling here all right well here we go and welcome to another episode of aftershocks at aftershockstv.com on the cms podcast network and on today's episode we got a longtime veteran guitarist in the hardcore world uh who's known for his work in the iconic new jersey bands monkey pup dog eat dog and he's here today to talk a bit about his current band kings never die they're set to release their new ep titled it's what we live for it comes out march 26th on upstate records Mr. Dan Nastasi. Dan, man, thanks so much for coming on. How you doing, bud? Yeah, man, doing great. Thanks for having me, man. Really uh, appreciate also, it. Of course, man. Absolutely, man. Well, let's talk about Kings Never Die, man. You guys are back. You're ready to release the follow-up to uh, your solid debut that came out last year, the EP Raise a Glass. Um, yeah, and, the EP uh, halted by a pandemic, you know? <laughs> well, I was just, yeah, just going to say, man, obviously, you know, um, Things were last year was supposed to be obviously I think a big year for you guys obviously you know uh, because of that and then you guys were one of those you know unfortunate bands that got just I mean things just came to a halt right when the pandemic hit but I mean right now though you got the uh, like you were talking about uh, before we started this you know you've been recording uh, some new music you were in pre production I think you were telling me so just go ahead and let's uh, I guess we'll start off things by giving us a brief rundown of what's going on with the band and the camp right now and how things are going with the new release that's coming out at the end of the month. I mean, everything's great because the band, Kings Never Die, the band, like, we love playing together. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we just have, like, a group of guys that really, I, I mean, I, I love every guy in the band. Like, you know, it's it's more than just like a band. It's almost like building like a family. Okay. So, you know, I mean, we released pretty quickly when me and Larry the Hunter got together and we got Jake Halfin to play bass, uh, who's just you know, a phenomenal bass player. I mean, really like phenomenal, uh, gifted musician, mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. And, uh, you know, hooked up with Dil Dylan Gordino who uh, I knew uh, and saw play in, in his band with his brother. He's got a great, uh, great band. Like, little yeah. bit more metal-oriented band, Robots and Monsters. They're a great band, man. Yeah. And just like a huge fan of just like the tone of his voice 
mm-hmm. and the fact that everything he says, whether it's, I mean, I saw him and I was like, man, this, this guy's a, he's a hardcore singer, period. Like oh, okay. but every word is like, I just, I'm a fan of his voice. Mm-hmm. So every word is like, you can understand what he's saying. And you know, that's, that, that's like, to me, that's like a gift. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sure. So the four of us hooked up um, and pretty quickly, uh, actually John Milnes, my mm-hmm. still my best friend in the world for the last 35 years. Um, he played drums on the initial recordings, really just helping us out. I mean, John, uh, is a great drummer, but really didn't want to be in and or commit to being in a band. Okay. Right. And, uh, and then, uh, on the, on the more recent stuff we did, we hooked up with Steve Gallo, uh, mm-hmm. and Steve played drums, but I think just the commitment of, uh, or the process or commitment of really getting in the rehearsal studio and getting an entire full length record ready to go. I think at this time it was just a little much for him to be able to commit to doing. So okay. it's not revolving drummer syndrome. It's just a matter of like, you know, we've worked with two uh, outstanding drummers, which has been really a gift. Mm-hmm. And we're like super grateful that we got to work with both guys. Uh, mm-hmm. And in the process, we did the Raise a Glass EP, which was four songs of the original dozen songs that we recorded. Okay. And you know, Upstate Records, Mario and Kim, uh, and everybody up there uh, has just been like fantastic. It's just a, you know, it's like a family, like it's sure. a family run mm-hmm. label uh, and they're just great people. And being of all this is like everything that we've been doing is really just about being around and surrounding ourselves, uh, you know, thankfully just with great people who really Mm. just you know love the music you know all different types of music so that was that's Mm. been great and we released uh actually have a copy here we released this the raise a glass seven inch yeah awesome record man yeah i think it came out like february 2nd or february 3rd okay and you know by march 17th we were we immediately like the e the the ep came out we were like already playing shows on the road took a trip like you know did some shows with leeway went to pittsburgh Mm -hmm. played some really great shows played uh up in in uh in the albany area uh with mad ball played uh one show with murphy's law hardcore for pit shows things were like you know, and and also everybody at A seven, uh, Drew Stone. So we like immediately were had plans to. I think we had like thirty, almost thirty shows booked, and wow. we got about maybe like eight yeah. to nine shows in, and uh, and by, you know, by St. Patrick's Day, that show got canceled. That was with propane, propane, yeah, up, up at Chrome in upstate New York. And uh, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, it was just everything just got brought to a halt. All the shows we had coming up, you know, everything's canceled. So, you know, some things are more important than than playing shows. Sure. You know, we talked about that before we went, you know, on the air. 
you know, so it, it sucked for us because we really wanted to get on the road, support. Look, it's only four songs, but like you got to play. Sure. You know, yeah, and, and that got halted. But look, in all honesty, the bands that this is their career, you know, the full time bands that this supports their family, uh, mm. sick of it all, mad ball, like these bands, that's who. Uh, that's who we really need to be thinking about. Not, you know, Kings Never Die that just put their first EP Sure, out. I know what you mean. You know mm -hmm. what? Like, there's plenty of time. Yeah. We use, we use the time to create more music and create a new plan. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. But these bands, uh, people really need to get on board and help support these bands, like whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. if they're selling a fucking T-shirt, buy it. If they're, you know, if they, if they're doing something for the road crew and you got 10 bucks, give it to them because, sure. you know, I don't know if people understand, like most people's careers might've got halted for a little bit, but they found a new way to work. Mm -hmm. These, these bands, this is their job. It's all they've been doing for years. Yeah. No, right. Absolutely. And they haven't been mm -hmm. able to earn for their families for a year. Yeah. So those, those are the people and those are the bands that that really I personally feel uh, terrible for. And I'm not going to cry that, you know, our our little first EP got, you know, our little plans got squashed. You know? Sure. I know what you're saying. But, you know, at the same time, though, you know, when you, I mean, you were a guy, obviously, you were, you know, sort of before you came back and you, you know, did the songs with Leeway, with Eddie. Uh, which were great, you know, and then obviously you started up Kings, you know, Never Die. You were out of music for a while in terms of making new music. I mean, I know you played shows True. with Doggy Dog and, and Mucky Pup for a while. And you know yeah. how it is, too, with a band, when you start a new band, right? You guys just put out, you said you just put it out. Yeah, yeah you played some shows. You had a whole bunch of show, scheduled shows. Um, but when, you, when that momentum is sort of, like you said, halted like that, you know, especially when you had yeah. that momentum, sometimes it's tough to you know, kind of get back in the swing. I mean, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, guys who are out for as long as you are come back, they, they go through something like that and they realize, well, this is why I left to begin with is all the, you know, the music business bullshit. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's no one's fault would happen, but at the same time, it's still the music business. So to, for you guys, you know, now to come back, you've got the new EP coming out at the end of the month uh, of March, I should say. Yeah. Um, it shows, like you said, that you just said it, you guys aren't necessarily just a project. You guys are a band, yeah. a legit band. And this is obviously what you got coming up is showing it. So go ahead. You know, I know you told me a couple of really awesome little things. I think a lot of the, the fans that want to hear. So talk a bit, obviously, about what you guys, What obviously, yes, I'm sure all this town downtime gave you guys all this time to, you know, make more music, write more songs. Um, but like I said, at the same time, to recapture that, you know, momentum's a tough thing. So go, I guess, talk about, you know, what you guys have been enduring over the last year and talk about all the new additions you got coming up with this, uh, you know, with the band that you've been talking to me about. Yeah, well, look, the first few months, I was like, I did almost nothing. You know? Sure, yeah. But then immediately I was like, you know, this is a great opportunity to, like, we got to get better. Like, mm. we have, you know, I mean, I, you know, we have, we, we have, like, a lot of songs, like, in the bank, you know, like, mm. you know, because putting the first EP out, the plan was to put the first EP out and then record the full length record and go. Okay. Right. 
So, you know, I'm not saying like the EP is just for promotional purposes, but you got to start like, you you know, you got to start from the bottom, man. Baby steps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this whole period of time, it, it just changed the plan, but it didn't stop the drive. Like it's a fucking band. Like we're going to be around. We're not mm-hmm. going anywhere. Awesome. So uh, during this period of time, we took time and we were, uh, first of all, we're blessed to have some people that really have helped us out. And Laz Pina from El Nino uh, is one of them. He's got a mm-hmm. great, place in Hoboken, great studio. And we wound up going in and recording three songs with Laz uh, over this period of time. Okay. And then uh, and then Drew Stone uh, and all those guys over there, A7, Jesse Mallon and all that, like, mm-hmm. you know, they had this concept of doing this, uh, uh, like an old school, back to New York hardcore roots compilation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had a, we absolutely wanted to do it, of course. And so we wound up going into the studio with uh, Jerry Farley, who is, I'm sure everybody knows uh, the producer, Jerry Farley. So <clears throat> we went back in the studio, we recorded two more songs. We recorded a song called Stand For It All, which is one of the first songs that we had written and put together. We recorded Stanford It All for the A7 compilation that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And while we were, you know, in the studio with Jerry, we also recorded uh, another song called Pure Gold, um, which is kind of like, you know, it's what we live for. It's like, you know, the title of the new EP that's coming out. And, you know, the, the line in the song is it's what we live for. Mm-hmm. So uh, the song's called Pure Gold. So we recorded those two songs with Jerry. And also when we made the two videos, one for Never Know What You Might Find and Raise a Glass, Laz took the original tracks, uh, not what's on the EP. Like he took the original tracks okay. and Laz completely remixed them from scratch. So the new EP turns out is one song produced by Jerry Farley. Uh, Pure Gold, and two songs produced by Laz Pina and recorded by Laz Pina. One's okay. called Minor Threats, and the other song is called We Got Tonight to Fight, which uh, which is pretty cool because those are songs that we've been playing live when we first started playing, and we had our friend Rap Bones do a little guest vocal on We Got Tonight to Fight. And then we took the two completely remixed songs, Never Know, and raise a glass and we put together the you know it's what we live for ep which is coming out on march 26th okay um so that's how that ep kind of like came together uh Mm. and you know like i really feel like we're coming out of covid like we're on the other end of it we're coming out and i think it's good timing like you know we talked before about social media. Like, I don't even think I looked at Instagram for eight months. I was like, so, you know, just out of the loop, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's good. Like we have a new EP that's coming out. We're proud of it. Uh, Love the songs that are on it. Mm -hmm. It is only a five song EP, right? Mm -hmm. It's three new songs. Um, But in the interim, we're already rehearsing and in pre-production, we actually start, 
recording pre-production March 4th. Uh, we're in pre-production to record like the Kings Never Die full length album. Full length, okay. Which which has always been the plan, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. Release content, start from the ground up, and then record like the record that you always wanted to record. Sure. So yeah. Mm -hmm. That record is being completely produced by Jerry Farley. Very cool. Um, and uh, and it's just been like an incredible process, like getting ready to go into the studio. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're blessed. Like, you know, we're blessed. Um, just, you know, we have, you know, a friend, friend of mine for 30 years, um, I reached out. Uh, and we wound up hooking up with uh, Danny Schuler from Biohazard yeah. is actually playing drums on the record. That's great. So, yeah. you know, we've been rehearsing and and again, like Danny is like beyond a phenomenal drummer. Right. Mm -hmm. He's also like, oh, yeah, he's great, uh, man. Uh, he's also like a phenomenal person, which mm -hmm. is, you know, most important. Sure. Um, but. You know, he is like, a, you know, a gifted writer, like he's a great songwriter and great, you know, almost like another producer, like somebody that listens to your song and says, we're going to make it better. We're going to make it better. So, you know, we kind of made a commitment between, you know, not just between the two of us, between the whole band that like, you know, we're going to make like the the best record that any of us has ever made like that's mm -hmm. the commitment that we've made and it's been just an outstanding process of taking songs that i thought were kind of done but they weren't nearly done we literally tore down every song and uh you know we're just we're gonna put out the 12 or 13 absolute best songs that we have written for the record out of like 25 that's you know. awesome. Yeah, That's cool. I think it's smart. I think it's smart that you guys are coming back with an EP first. I mean, obviously, it's been a year since Razor Glass was out. And plus, you don't really want to, I guess, release your full length, too, until you're able to tour for it. You know, so it really yeah, makes no that. sense to put it out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what it is, Matt? Like, we got to get to that point. Like, we're not. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, we're not just going to, like, you know, yeah. the universe doesn't split for us. Like, honestly, sure. like, who the fuck are we? You know, like it does. And that's the other thing. Like, it doesn't matter what I did in 1988 or 94 or nobody cares. Mm -hmm. It's really about what are you doing now? Like, wow. do people like what you're doing now? And I love what we're doing. And the sure. guys in the band, I, 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 you know, I think we all love what we're doing, mm -hmm. what we're creating. And, you know, as far as making the record. And, uh, you know, Danny agreeing and, and, and wanting to do the record with us, it is just like a, it's, it's like a blessing, you know what I mean? So, sure, man, absolutely. Uh, you know, but, and the thing is this, like, you know, uh, you know, we're making the record, but there's no, like, it's not like you know, Danny's like in the band full time or, mm. you know, that's totally up to him. Like in the future, like, let's see what happens with the record. Right. Mm. Like, don't worry about that shit. Let's mm. make the greatest record that we can make as, you know, the people performing on that record. Mm. And then let's see what happens in the future. You sure. know? Yeah. That no, makes total sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, we were, t- I mentioned earlier a bit about, you know, like you said, you were out of music, uh, for a while, uh, making, you know, new music. Yeah. Um, and what's kind of funny is, you know, the way you're talking about Kings never die. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're just sort of simply dipping your toes in the water here just to like, see what you can do or see if you maybe want to get back into it. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're full force ready to, to rock with, with yeah. Kings never die. Um, what was, I mean, I, I know, you know, I've, I've, this is a you know uh, podcast you've done and and um, I know that you obviously you know took all that time off you you had a family uh, you know uh, yeah you had kids and all that man. sure I mean that's obviously how why a lot of people you know a lot of great musicians sometimes take a step back from music but I mean let's talk about obviously just now the timing now for you getting back into playing uh, you know for the last couple of years now that's once you got back I know I th- believe I think it was the leeway stuff that was your first new material for that you put out for quite yeah. some time. Were you just really chomping at the bit for a while to get back into music? And why, I guess, now was the time in your life where you said, "Okay, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go back full force with, with you know, well, uh, play music again." I will tell you this. I had like I went to go see Leeway play. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the end of 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's like three years ago, two, two, two and a half, three years ago. They were playing a place out in West Jersey. And I mean, I'm like, you know, born to expires like the Bible. You know, what sure. I mean? same here, man. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. There's no secret that like Dog Eat Dog was very influenced by Leeway and the whole hardcore to metal, more, you know, more of a metal mm-hmm. type sound. No secret, a huge Leeway fan. Uh, and not, not just me. I mean, Leeway has maybe influenced. It's influenced way more bands than people want to. I totally agree. Okay. I totally agree. Yep. Not not every band, but mm. they influenced a lot of bands. Sure. Uh, I went to go see them, and uh, you know I've always loved Eddie, and mm. more importantly, I love him like as a person, like what he's done with his life. Yep. How he has really, you know. He's really he really transformed himself. You know, he mm-hmm. he picked himself up and got on with his life. And mm-hmm. I went to go see them play. Matty Pasta was playing guitar. Okay. Just absolutely incredible. Blew me away. First, Matty Pasta's like freakish, incredible. He's guitar. great. Yeah. A lot of people know about him. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. everybody, I, I think everybody knows. I mean, the guy is like, in the hardcore scene in New York. I mean, if you talk yeah. to people out here, they won't know, but I, I talk about him a lot too. I mean, yeah. he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, great, great guitar player. But I struck up a conversation with Eddie and we started talking about music. And, you know, I think, you know, Eddie's pretty familiar that I was, you know, I've always been like a writer or, you know, that's, that is probably the thing that I love the most about music is the process of writing. And, you know, I, I've written, you know, I've written a lot, a lot of tunes. You know what I mean? Sure, so yeah, sure. we got on the conversation and, uh, and he was like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, you still, you know, you have any music we should talk, we should, you know, I'd love to do like some new leeway songs. And it was funny because I was like, man, I got a song in my mind right there. I was like, I wrote this song called I'm your pusher. That would be the greatest leeway. It's like, it is a leeway song. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, we got together we jammed, you know, went down to Hoboken, jammed a little bit. And I was like, yeah, man, like, let's record some songs, you know? Mm-hmm. So no doubt about it. Like that, that got me back in with like the bug 
let's say, but okay. I had I had already started writing, like putting time into writing, even about six months to a year before that. Okay. And the material I was writing was uh, you know, much way more just in a hardcore punk rock vein than anything I had done in the past. You know, it's not funny. Uh, it's not like, you know, it's not like a 16 year old writing, you know, funny songs, which had, you know, was awesome in 1986, seven, eight, nine. Like, you know, that was what we did. Like sure. out of all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. That's not who I am now. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly Kings never die is not like musically. Sometimes it, it, it does sound a bit like old dog eat dog. I actually mm -hmm. think that the record, the full length, maybe even more so sounds like yeah, okay. old school dog eat dog sounding, you know, touches on that. But I'm mm -hmm. really a fan of hardcore music mm -hmm. and taking like a pretty big break. Um, you know, it really got me into like, Hey, this is the music I love to listen to. This is what moves me. You know, mm -hmm. like my favorite band in the world is sick of it all. It's, oh, you know, been my favorite band for 15, 20 years. Like mm -hmm. Kings Never Die doesn't sound anything like sick of it all, but no, like no, that yeah. is my favorite band, you know, mm -hmm. you know, sick of it all, AF, Wisdom and Chains, like all incredible songwriters, like meaningful mm -hmm. content, talking about real shit, not just bullshit, you know, real life content True. and uh, musically just love those bands. And mm -hmm. when I started to write, I, I realized like, Hey, you know, like Eddie, this is, this is not like leeway shit. Like this is like punk rock, hardcore, pretty straight out, simple. I've always uh, enjoyed the element of like a chorus in a song. And that mm -hmm. started during like the dog eat dog, dog, eat dog. like creating that, you know, that chorus, you know, the big choruses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And this, and, and, and Kings never die is like, you know, on steroids, chorus, sing along sure. part, sing along part. It's hard to tell from four songs, right? Sure. That's true. When people hear a few more songs, I think they're going to kind of get the gist of like, this is kind of the direction, right? Mm -hmm. This EP, the new EP, it, it, uh, it's what we live for is very punk rock. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, it's like, hardcore but like punk rock you know what i mean sure mm -hmm. um song minor threats is like a punk rock ditty uh pure gold is like just like a punk rock hardcore song like look we're not re we're not recreating the wheel here mm -hmm. but i love the songs and the music that we're making and ultimately like that's all that really matters is like we love what we're doing you mm -hmm. know yeah. like we love it and mm -hmm. then you hope that other people love it Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, that, that, that's kind of like, let's say that's like where we're at right now, but you know, we got an EP coming out. Then we got another single or song on the a seven back, you know, to New York hardcore roots comp that's mm -hmm. coming out on pitchfork. The EP is coming out on upstate and blood blast distribution. And that's great. And, uh, you know, and then we're making the full length record and then, you know, we'll see where that, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, the other thing is this, like, you know, we're making a full length record because we believe in it and we're going to make the greatest record we can make. And, you know, 
I be, like, you know, I really believe like it's it's kind of just like a matter of like you got to pay your dues to get where you want to go. Sure. All the bands we started, Mucky Pup. Now, you know, Chris Milnes was totally the mastermind behind Mucky Pup. He had to drive. He was older than us. Sure. He really navigated the band to get us where we got to. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. The songs helped. You know, sure. the songs, the time, the era. Sure. Um, you know, Doggy Dog was a little different. It was like, mm. you know, those guys. I was actually on tour in Europe. Uh, uh, that that Mucky Pup Biohazard tour in 1990. Mm. Uh, Dave was the bass player in Mucky Pup. Nebo. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sean, yeah. when I was playing in Murphy's Law in 1989 mm. and early. Sean Kilkenny took my place in Mucky Pup. Mm -hmm. The three of us were friends for years before that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I went back and made the Now album with Mucky mm -hmm. Pup, uh, that's when those guys kind of started like jamming together in Dave's basement. Okay. And yeah. when I got home from that tour, that Mucky Pup Biohazard tour, I mm -hmm. forget who it was. It was like, hey, you, you know, come down, listen to some of the songs that like we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I went to Dave's basement and they had this song called Funnel King. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was like, this is like, I, I really dug it. They, were, they played it like a thousand miles an hour. Mm -hmm. But I really dug the song. And that was really how Dog Eat Dog got formed. Like, sure. They were like, I'm just going to, just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to start. I just want to back up to monkey pup a sec, just yeah, um, to talk about, you know, cause like you mentioned it, Chris, you know, he was a mastermind for, 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 first of all, I mean, Chris, I think is one of those singers, an awesome singer. You know, I remember right. first hearing, you know, when I first heard monkey pup, my, my buddy mad dog back in New York, he had the tape and he played it. And, you know, we used to listen to, you know, boy, a man's world. We listened to just all the time. Um, and I remember being, just being like, this guy's voice is just so unique. You know, like, you know, when you hear his voice, you know, that's monkey pup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, and, and when you, when you have a singer like that and you're, and then you, of course, with your sound, which I'm going to, I want to talk about too in a little bit. You know, the thing um, is this though, Matt, like Chris yeah. can, it can sing like a bird. Oh yeah. Absolutely. He is a, like he can sing, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. Well, I, I always I always wondered that, you know. I mean, you guys like you you mentioned you you know you you wrote you know humorous songs. I mean, Monkey Pup was a very humorous band, obviously. Um, and I used to always like you know tell my buddy like God, I man, I really think if these guys would maybe just if you have more songs like say Never Again and you know Big Freeze and um, you know I mean just all those more a little more serious songs, I really think Monkey Pup could have maybe become more of a radio type of you know rock band. Um, because I think you guys had all all the talent right there. You know, what I mean, I used to, I used to quibble. You know, a lot of people talk about Monkey Puppy and a hardcore band and being a you know, uh, a, obviously the first record was real uh, crossover thrash stuff. But I was like, you know, I used to look at you guys as more of being along the lines of like a Faith No More type of band because you had all different types of sounds. You didn't have yeah. just one particular sound. You had a singer who was super talented and a guitarist like yourself, who you know had uniqueness in, in his voice and your guitar tone and your your approach and the way you play. And um, I used to think all the time that you guys could have been one of those type of bands. Um, maybe if it wasn't for just being a very humorous band, but at the same time, that's who you guys were. So it's hard to yeah. go back and change that. So I understand yeah. that too. But you I mean, know, yeah. the thing is like, when you go to play live, like nobody wanted to hear never again or big freeze. Like, 
you know, sure. noble. No, you mean. It was like sure. fucking Batman the butt ripper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> True, you know, yeah. That was, but the mm. thing with this, like, we were young. I wrote that, you know, I call it almost like comedy core, right? Mm, like, yeah, mm. I wrote about whatever I wanted to like, whatever a 16, 17, 18 year old who maybe had some issues with uh, maybe some sort of chemicals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. those are the things that like a 16, 17 year old thought about, like, sure. yeah. Mr. President, and you know, so I, I embrace it. You know, it's not what I would want to do now, but I'm proud. Like, I'm proud of that stuff. Oh, yeah, it was great stuff. Dude. We yeah, oh, yeah. Created it, and mm -hmm. we weren't afraid to do anything. Like, mm -hmm. we would, we were alternative for sure. But when it came to the songs that people wanted to hear, right, mm -hmm. it was, you know, you stink, but I love you. And I know nobody and, you know, play whatever it might be, you know, Mr. President play, uh, name a song. I don't know. Or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know. I talk, so, I guess, and don't get me wrong. I mean, one of the attractions I loved about monkey pop was it was, it was hilarious. You know I mean? That was one of the things reason why people love the band. It was, it was um, meant yeah. to be. And the other thing was that Chris, is an entertain like the guy is an entertainer and mm -hmm. he didn't give a shit what anybody thought about he didn't uh, care what the fuck he thought he come out in his fucking underwear was <laughs> he didn't give a shit yeah and and yeah. so here's the deal so the guy is he is fucking true blue that you know he mm -hmm. is himself and if people don't like it that's totally fine you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. like you gotta, you gotta respect somebody that's like, I'm gonna do it my way. Oh yeah, the fuck you think? You know? Oh, absolutely. I did. Yeah. I, I still respect them to this day. You sure. know, what I mean, we, we really like, we don't talk, we have no communication, but I love the guy. You know, I love him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, I just, I just think, like you said, I mean, Monkey Pup was a band. I think that could have, could have been huge, or you know, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of bands that could have been huge, but I really think that you guys, uh, and trust me, and it's one of those bands that when I would play them because you know, you guys didn't get a ton of radio play. I mean, you got a little bit of MTV play, I know, with uh, you know, you stink, but and I love you. But I, when I would play your music for other people that didn't know you, I mean, it, you know, instantly, most most people I knew clicked, and they always remembered Mucky Pup, and they loved yeah. the songs. I mean, even even on the Now album, I mean, like you guys, that was definitely more polished. You know, I think a little more. Um, that was a little more radio friendly. Yeah, and I would yeah. agree. I think your guitars were definitely too much in the background. Where I think you know that was to me the highlights of of the of the Monkey Pup the band where your your guitar tone and Chris's voice. Um, but everybody, I mean, that I do just was like, oh, this band's this band's great. And of course, the humor did connect with everybody. And that's what kind of made people, you know, obviously remember. But yeah, let's 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 move on down to Doggy Dog. Obviously, so. I know um, you kind of uh, you went and played with Murphy's Law for a little bit. Um, you came back, you did the Now album, yep. Um, and then I, you, you just were starting to talk about how Doggy Dog sort of came into fruition because, like I said, all the all the you guys on the the first uh, incarnation of Doggy Dog, you guys all had uh, somewhat a connection with Monkey Pup. Either you played yeah. or John Rhodey, I believe, right? So yeah, so talk about that transition, you know, uh, it, to Doggy Dog. Yeah. It, it, it was like uh, I got off that tour. You know, that Mucky Pup tour, I had just met my wife uh, right before we went and did that tour. Mm -hmm. So I had just met the woman that wound up becoming my and is still my wife to this day, Sheila. 
right? Mm -hmm. So I met Sheila and got done with that tour. It's kind of like we made the record, did the tours, and it was like came off of it. And I really was like, man, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I love this girl. I got to make money. You know, I mean, I never made a dime off playing in Mucky Pup. I never made a dime. I've never made a dime of publishing off the 127 songs that I wrote. Like, I've never made a dime off music mm -hmm. uh, up to that point. And, you know, the reality was my friends, right? John Connor, Sean, mm -hmm. Dave, they were jamming. And I was like, yeah, let's jam. Like, it was four friends getting together, and we just started to – I was like, I want to write a different way. I want to write different type of songs. I don't want to be funny. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to – and it was just – a I think it was just like maturity, just growing up. Mm -hmm. But that happened real quick, Matt. It was like mm -hmm. we got together, started jamming, probably made a demo two, three months later, you know, started playing shows writing songs like like a fiend you know mm -hmm. what i mean uh billy grazia day actually from biohazard took mm -hmm. our demo our first doggy dog demo he was go he was back in europe gave it to somebody at roadrunner mm -hmm. that person called up howie abrams in the new york office mm -hmm. said hey why don't you go check out this band you know mm -hmm. uh how he came to a show we played at like some, I think it was like the Bond Street Cafe or something. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we were like young, tons of energy. We, you know, and boom, like he's like, I, I want to sign you guys. So he had us make the Warrant EP. Those songs were all written. Sure. We were still working on other stuff, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and so we did the Warrant EP right away. Went in the studio, did the Allboro Kings. You know, recorded Allboro Kings. And by that time, we were really cooking, like in terms of like writing, you know, mm. like, yeah. you know, I know like a, a bunch of those songs. I, I remember writing like within like a week period, like okay. if these are good times, who's the king? I actually had that for for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And the funny story is like when we were writing Dog Eat Dog songs and remember like. They already wrote Funnel King strip song before I even started jamming with them. Mm -hmm. And I really liked what they were doing. And, and that really got me and I want to write some like, you know, killer riffs and something you could bounce to and a big chorus. And mm -hmm. so I, <laughs> I had this, I had this song that I, that I was writing called who the King. And I, <laughs> For for a month, I was like, no, listen, it's gonna go like who the king, who the king, who the king, who, who the king, who the king, who ha. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're looking at me. I remember like <laughs> like just, uh, Sean or Dave, they were like, Are you kidding me? That's terrible. <laughs> and I was like, no. You know, ba 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 ba. Who the king? Who the king? Who the king? Who? And mm. like, it took me a while for them to be. I was like, yeah, like, you know. So that's like the funny story behind that, that song. <laughs> is that it was? It was originally the way I 
the original idea I wrote was who the king. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which turned into who's the king. Who's the king. Yeah. And then we, you know, and then we wound up like, oh, I got this, you know, you know, but like, you know, look, that's how you kind of capture magic. Like, you know, I've written, you know, like I love to write songs, right? So I've written a lot of songs, but the reality is when I'm just by myself, just me, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not that good, right? But when you get with like the four of us were like really good friends. Mm-hmm. So regardless of who writes or comes up with a lot of the ideas for the initial songs, right? And mm-hmm. usually I write songs by like, I always write, I write the lyric before I even sometimes write the music. The music, like sure. Something, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but it's always about the people that you're doing it with. Like, mm-hmm. there'd be no dog eat dog. with. It's, it's not like, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, I, I, I wrote, you know, I wrote a lot of those good, like, you know, whatever. But the reality is those songs are a product of the four of us writing them together. The mm-hmm. input of the other people, right? Same thing with Mucky Pup. I wrote outlandishly crazy songs like, you know, almost a hundred of them for Mucky Pup. But the reality mm-hmm. was me working with Chris and John, we made them what Mucky Pup was, right? Okay, sure. I could have mm-hmm. never done that on my own. Sure. Doggy Dog is totally a product of the, you know, Dave, Sean, John, and myself. We wrote those first, the EP and All Borough Kings. Mm-hmm. Whether, you know, whoever came up with whatever, it doesn't even matter. Like, nobody gives a shit anymore. So mm-hmm. the reality is Kings never dies exactly the same, right? Like mm-hmm. I write m- probably most of the songs, like the original ideas, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm telling you, it's the same thing. And that's why I love what I'm doing. Yeah. It's the people I'm doing it with. Like we, we found a process, right? Mm-hmm. I got the song. Larry's like, nah, man, try this. Like, you know, Jay changes the thing. Like, you know, Dylan is very good at listening to the song and being like, you know, I don't like, I don't like kind of what you're saying there. I want to do this, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. Like, so I tell people all the time, like I'm starting my third band. Sure. Right. I was a part Mm -hmm. of starting Mucky Pup. I'm Mm -hmm. like, whatever, the original Mucky Pup guy. Doggy mm-hmm. dog, I'm like the, you know, one of the original doggy dog guys. Well, mm-hmm. things never die. Like it's, I believe in it just like I believe in those two other bands. Doesn't matter how old I am now. You know, the age is irrelevant. Got guys 70 years old still killing it. You know? mm-hmm. sure, so yeah. uh, it's about the music. It's about what are you creating, right? Mm-hmm. Like what are you making? And, yeah. you know, that's why we talked before the process of making this record. Like we're making this record and like we're always open to opening the door. Like, Think how blessed we are. Like we're making our record and now we added another, like, uh, like, you know, Danny, like his input in the writing of these songs, he might as well be writing the songs. Like doesn't matter who come up with the original idea. He's made them and is making them so much better. Just like Larry made them better. Just like Jay and Dylan make them better. A new idea, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, rehearsal the other night. I, I have this song called this one's for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I wrote it 
at least three or four years ago, and the vocals have always been uh, really about my daughter, right? Okay. The song is about my daughter. It's like, you know, this one here's for the Irish tried and true. This mm -hmm. one here's for the Irish part of you. And everybody's looking around like, this fucking song is like killer, but are we going to solo out just the Irish? Like, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Sure, so, I mean, yeah. Dylan and Danny being like, yo, man, you got to think about changing the content of that song. Like, that could be a really good one, right? Mm -hmm. like, that's good. And at first, I turned to Dylan and I was like, no, I, I'm not changing anything. And then I was like, well, maybe the words, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. oh, I get it. So, <laughs> like, it's, without, like, I'm I'm serious, man. It's yeah, about sure. do it with. You're going to raise a kid on your own or you have somebody you love and you have a partnership and you raise kids together. Sure. How, those kids going to be raised maybe a little more balanced. Like it, it's all the same. It's all relative. Sure. Yeah. Which well, is I mean, and that I really dropped out of the music scene other than playing like, you know, yeah, I did like some doggy dog shows, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was a commitment I made. Sure. I had mm -hmm. three children. Me and my wife had three children. Yeah. In a six, seven year period, mm -hmm. right? Oh, sure. 19, April 30th, 1994, I got married. My band was on tour with Biohazard opening up in Europe. Mm. Was I going to cancel my wedding and not go to my wedding to go on tour? Like, sure, man. Yeah. And, that, and that's how shit spirals. Yeah. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, no, and you made a great point about, like, you know, who it is you're making it with. Um, and cause if you don't have, you know, cause it won't, it doesn't sound the same if, if, if it's not everybody doing it together. I mean, and just to make an example, and I'm not putting it down. I, I love, I love the, you know, I really was a fan of the play games, doggy dog album, but there was something missing on there. A lot of missing. And that was your, your sound, you know, oh, I mean, your guitar sound was, was just, not there, you know? you know, like there's a lot of people that, that, that love that play games record. Like sure. that's great. Yeah. That's good for the, that's who the yeah. band was then. Like. But yeah. it doesn't sound like the original band because no. yeah. you take an L, you know, like that's just the way it is, you know. Sure, take that major element out of they it. They say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. You know what? They should yeah. be proud of that record that they made. They love it. It's their Absolutely. creation. Yeah. You, like that's awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. not, it's not the original dog. You know, it's not like the old, like, you know. Sure. It's not the warrant. It's not AB, ABK and all that stuff. Of yeah. Course. Yeah. 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 Of course not. Yeah. No, absolutely. Change the parts. So, you know, whatever. Maybe change the thing. Yeah. Is, you know? Yeah. But I will say, though, you know, when, when I, um, cause we'll, maybe we'll talk about some of the more obscure stuff that you've done, including your solo stuff, you know, because there I are some, there is some, that shit. you don't want to talk about that, that stuff. That was the biggest mistake I ever made. You know, I, I know. And I heard you say that. I, I cause yeah. I, I'm interested in, in to know why you, you, you say that was a mistake. Uh, really quite simply was uh obviously the dog eat dog stuff was doing great mm -hmm. and i you know to a certain degree got recognized as the guy that wrote you know some okay. pretty good songs whatever okay. and it's not that i didn't want to play in mm -hmm. dog eat dog right mm -hmm. it's that i couldn't commit to the like none of us thought that that was going to explode like that was going to happen mm -hmm. right sure so nobody could have anticipated that and that was a lot of hard work by Roadrunner in Europe, Howie Abrams, and the guys in the band who w hit the road 
and they worked their balls off. Mm. Those guys deserved it, right? Mm. I just got married, mm. and my wife was pregnant within like half a second. Okay, I got a baby on the way, mm. and the band I helped create is blowing up. Yeah, like Matt, like what That's are you? Like, yeah. I had to make a decision, right? Yeah. Like. And, yeah. and they kind of made the decision for me. It was like, you know, when it came time to doing the, the follow-up record, we tried to work it out where I would write with the band. And, you know, they had a new drummer. They had some new part. Like, you know, it just wasn't going to work out. And I was getting offered to make records. Mm. And it was a very poor judgment mistake by me. Do you think it just made you look sort of like you, you left the band to become a solo sort of maybe person? But that was not the okay. case? That yeah, it sure wasn't a case, of course. Yeah, as you said, yeah. Uh, doing it on my own, I could make my schedule that would work within my life, which was totally unfair okay. to dog eat dog. Like, but the reality was this: when you know, it was the first time I was ever offered money. Sure. Okay. Right? There you go. So mm -hmm. I made four. I helped write four Monkey Pup records. Never made a dime. Mm -hmm. Never made a dime playing on the road. I have no idea where the money. I have no idea. Never made any money. Dog eat dog. Never made any money. But wrote those songs. The publishing for the Allboro King songs. Never got a dime. No idea. Right. Mm -hmm. Never sure. made it. And all of a sudden, I got offered. I uh, I got offered to get paid to make a record. Okay. My initial thought was, I I got to get a band. I got you know I got to start a band. Mm. And definitely the pressures were coming. No, it's got to be you. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have a band. Even mm -hmm. when you look at like Trim the Fat or Yule Tide, which never even came out, by the way. Like it, it looks like a band. Like there's a band. Like I mm -hmm. wanted to have a band. At that time in my life, everybody in Europe would call me, uh, you know, Nastasy, Nastasy instead of Nastasy. Sure. So whatever and it look it's my fault like i had some stuff written some would have been very good had i wrote it with doggy dog had we sure. written it some of it was going to be really good mm -hmm. uh but i was basically given three weeks to finish writing get go in the studio write in the studio finish it it's got to be out by this date so you can go and do these festivals mm, in okay. And it was the biggest mistake of my life. Like, mm. I thankfully had friends that helped me and, you know, but the reality was, uh, you know, the record was not a representation of what I wanted to do. And it's my fault. I have nobody to blame but myself. And you know what? Like we put out the Trim the Fat record mm -hmm. and toured Europe like three times, two festival runs, mm -hmm. uh, opened up for such a surge in Europe and shelter. And, you know, like it's not like I didn't go on tour. Like I sure. toured like five times in Europe off off that record, you know, mm -hmm. off that. And but ultimately I kind of got what 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 I deserved. And when I took a year to make the next record mm -hmm. that I really worked on uh mm -hmm. label i was in europe opening up for shelter it was like mm -hmm. the second night of the tour the yuletide was supposed to come out like that week mm -hmm. and so, 
and somebody from the label comes to the show and says, um, I'm very sorry to tell you, but uh, we're signing Motorhead and we're not going to release your record and we're dropping you. Wow. As you're on tour, that's crazy. And I yeah, fucking yeah. trash that fucking room. Jeez. Like, but yeah. Matt, I got what I did. Like, I know you mean. I well, you know, because you know, you'll tell you, man. So I, I, I bought that record. I remember buying that. You know, I, I remember get it mail order or something. It was a mail order. Yeah, it was mail order. Um, and uh, you, but it's funny when you listen to that record. I know you don't want to talk much about it, but it, you know, it, it almost if there was going to be sort of a if you want to see a sequel to Over Kings, there's a lot of songs on there that had that. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody's lit. I mean, that's like, yeah, like I worked. Listen, Matt, I. Yeah. I wrote that record. Like sure. I took a year and wrote it. Mm -hmm. And I was proud of it. At the time, mm -hmm. that's what that's what I wanted to do. And yeah. that had some, you know, like there was a song called We All Belong on that. Mm -hmm. that yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, like I could record that today. I think it's a great, great song, dude. Great song. Yeah. Uh, that's the best and, the best song on the record. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, some of the shit I was poking fun, like I I, I had the song called Hardcore Pop. Hardcore pop, yep. Which was like, I would show up in Europe and it would say, you know, nasty see hardcore pop, because at that time Doggy Dog was like on Team Beat magazine cover or whatever. <laughs> yeah, okay. But mm. you know, the whole thing, Matt. Like, I just wish I never did it because I really, I didn't do it justice. Yeah. I didn't do it the way I wanted to do it, and I really felt bad about it. Like, I. You know, it's just uh, it was just something that I should have just not done. I should have gotcha. said, fuck you. I'm going to take the next year or two. I'm going to get a band together. I'm not going to like put a, I shouldn't have put out a record to try to get right on the road. Like mm -hmm. it was just a bad look. It was a bad decision. Gotcha. Yeah. You make it's life for me. Right. You make, you're not going to make great, all great decisions. Well, there's another there's another, um, you know, uh, project you were involved in too, called number nine with, with Dan Lorenzo. Yeah. I love uh, that. He's an old, yeah. old friend of mine, yeah. Yeah, and we well, I, I, I experimenting like in between like the Mucky Pup Murphy's Law, like you know, mm. me and me and Chris were having like some person like some issues, whatever. I, actually, I was having issues, like, but the reality was like I, you know, I was playing with Dan, who another person who's always been, you know, uh, always been so good to us, you know, like mm. without Dan Lorenzo. Mucky Pup would have never got signed to Torrid Records. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because Hades was on. They were on Torrid, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was like, like, I was just trying to find myself, you know? I mean, I listened to it, and I'm like, it was like the beginnings of what they turned into nonfiction. Mm -hmm. yeah. But like, my voice was like super high, and it was like I didn't go through puberty yet or something, you know? And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, as I was doing like, Right in that time period, I kind of like found my voice a little bit more. Mm. So I think if me and Dan would have done that and I had like my voice the way I have my voice now mm. and or after I really had to learn how to like go up and play 15 shows straight. Right. Mm. Uh, that could have, you know, look, Dan Lorenzo is like a, you know, great, heavy Oh yeah, he's great. Man. Riff song. Sure, Vessel Light's great. His new band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always, yeah. always been a fan. And again, Dan Lorenzo is just like a great person. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah, yeah. We I just interviewed him uh, probably about, about a month ago, and um, and he, the thing is, he brought up the uh, the number nine because he he actually 
uh, has the track on his website. The, the story goes, and that's a that's a freaking kick ass song, man. Yeah, I mean, that sound voice, like if I know? track that song now, well, it was a rough mix, right? You you didn't have that was in a. Uh, it was a, it wasn't even supposed to be heard, right? Yeah, so there you go. That's what I'm saying, and it song, sounds that good though, man. You know, we did a song called "The Real and Reality." Mm -hmm. That was so heavy. It was like boom, 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 boom. Like he was like. He wrote some heavy shit, you know? Mm, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was some other stuff that was like, you know, look, I I'm like, he's a great person. I've always been a fan of, like, you know, I like all types of music. But again, like, I was like 18, 19 years old, you know I mean? Mm. What do you, you know, what are you going to get? You know? Sure. So, yeah. You know, yeah. um, you know. <laughs> what else yeah, you got? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I just I want to bring these stuff up because I don't think there's I don't know how many, you know, some people I know just know you from Doggy Dog and Monkey Pup, but yep. you've done other things that I think deserve some some attention and is why I'm bringing it up, yeah. you know, and uh, like I said, and, and you know, I really dug, like I said, the, the number nine and I know, you know, you're not a big fan of your solo stuff, but you definitely had, like you said, We All Belong is a, a awesome song. Let's let's go back down to Kings Never Die. We'll get ready to wrap it up. It's we're about yeah. an hour in. Um, so just talk a bit about the, you know, the A7, the Back to New York Hardcore Roots Comp. I mean, I know you guys played, right? You played at the, the revamped A7. Yeah, um, we did. Twice. Right? Yeah. Twice did? Okay. What, I mean, so just now, I mean, a guy like yourself, you've been in, in I mean, in the, the hardcore metal scene between New York and New Jersey now for shit. What? I mean, going on 40 years, right? I mean, 35, 40 years, whatever it is. What what are you seeing now with the younger you know uh, bands these younger hardcore bands because you you know you guys are here you guys you guys are all these veterans that have been doing this for so long with Kings Never Die and I know the A Seven you know the the comps got a lot of the new bands and you you know yeah. uh, New York hardcore New Jersey you know hardcore bands so what what are you seeing in terms of the sort of enthusiasm I mean do you see that that same enthusiasm with the younger fans or you, you know what's your take on what you're seeing with I guess the new generation of of hardcore and you know fans coming out of the New York, New Jersey I, area. What I see, the, this is the thing that I really like about this A seven comp. Okay, mm -hmm. um, the bands that are on this comp, it's it's music, it's hardcore, it's punk rock music, mm -hmm. but it's like I'm not a fan of like, you know, blah, 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 like fucking beat down, like you know, like like super heavy so sure. i really think that the bands on this and there's some like really good bands guys that fucking work really hard at it like i'll tell you like you ever see the ice cold killers play i have not no. they're fucking they are fucking great okay, right awesome mm -hmm. enziguri uh davy hooligan those guys like they're they work at it man like there's no frauds on, on on this record. All the people that are on this comp are people that like they live for it, man. Like they love what they're doing, mm -hmm. and they're not going to change what they're doing for anybody. Like, you know, they're like Crazy Eddie's on it. Okay, uh, Cripple mm -hmm. Earns on it. I mean, I I got it. If I'm going to mention, them, I don't want to miss like one person, sure. right? Um, but the Car Bomb Parade, like. Okay. Go on iTunes, the Car Bomb Parade. Like, they have some fucking great songs. Like, this comp, I really feel, you know, and there's some guys that have been, like, you know, Rob's uh, Kabula's band, Dead Blow Hammers on it. Silence mm -hmm. Equals Death is a band that's been sure. 
plugging away no. for eight, nine years. It yeah. did, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we're like the new, like we're like new. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we were asked to do it, I was like, fucking, of course, absolutely. Like mm -hmm. we'd love to contribute to do it. Right. Yeah. But I really think that it's, it could be that record that remember like years and years and years ago when there was that, like that, like New York comp, uh, uh, record. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like hardcore music was like in, and that record way mm -hmm. back in the day, the original New York hardcore comp was like mm -hmm. fucking hard. Right. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that the wave and like the future one hardcore music is so far from dead. It's not fun. Like, yeah. You know, you have some huge drawing hardcore bands that have been going for 25, 30 years and they ain't stopping. Right. Mm -hmm. But I really think that the that this this comp is kind of like the new wave of what what is really going to be in coming up. It's it's punk rock hardcore bands. But it's sensible mute. Like there's fucking good songs on it. These bands mm. write some good songs, right? It's mm. not metal. They're not metal bands. Sure. You know, mm -hmm. they're not talking about churches and demons, and they're talking mm -hmm. about like real shit. You know, sure. like Kings Never Die. Our con our lyrical content is about remembering the past, but looking at the future. Sure. Like, sure. Setting a good example for the youth, the kids, like. Don't be a fucking, you know, we have a song Minor Threats on this upcoming EP, right? Mm -hmm. It's keeping fucking bad influence douchebags away from the youth of today, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it's about. And a lot of our songs are about that. There's a positive message that can be put forth through this music, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to talk about, you know, bullshit. You could talk about real life things, right? Mm -hmm. There's bands. Listen to, I'll keep it up, but like, listen to Sick of It All. The last 15 years, the things they've been talking about with the government, mm -hmm. right? It's like they wrote the soundtrack for everything that just happened. Just came around, yeah. Right. Do, like, mm -hmm. do you seriously fucking believe everything that the media and the news is telling you? Oh, you better like, not. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what uh, are we? Are we all asshole? Are we all fucking dumb assholes? Like, do you know? Yeah. So, the reality is that I'm sorry, my phone rang. That's all good. Uh, the reality is that it's more than just the music. Like, sure, there's yeah. a message in this music, and for the most part, the message is there to open your eyes, take a look around, don't believe all the bullshit you, you, you see on TV, right? Mm -hmm. And the message can be very positive. And mm -hmm. the music can be positive. So, you know, I, I, I will tell you that, like, you know, they're, they're, in my opinion, there is a definite shift and change in what the popularity of what will be, let's say like the next thing that people really want to hear. Mm -hmm. And I think people are tired of hearing, blah, 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 you know, just like the same fucking thing over mm -hmm. and over and over. Sure. I think people, especially after the last year of events 
I think people are a lot more intelligent than maybe the media gives us credit for and the government gives us credit for. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, look at this fucking absolute catastrophe in the White House the last six months. And yeah. I'm not, and I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not, I don't have an opinion about politics, but I will tell no. you that the rest of the world has been laughing at us. Rightfully so. Sure. Absolutely. Right? We have like a fucking TV clown in the white house. And I'm ashamed to say that four years ago I voted for him. Mm-hmm. Right. But like he turned it into a fucking reality TV show. And if you think that, that's acceptable. It's not acceptable. Whether, and I'm not talking about our economy or anything else that goes, I'm not saying that the Republican party or the last regime did not do a good job for the economy of the country. I have zero opinions, mm-hmm. but I'm an American citizen and I know people all over the world. And I am telling you people in Switzerland, look at us like we are a clown car episode, right? Sure. Because mm-hmm. The way our country has been represented has been, you know, just an absolute shit show farce. Yeah. So that's not a political statement. That's just my opinion mm-hmm. as an American citizen. I'm embarrassed that that this was allowed to take place. Like this fucking rally. Like where the fuck was the security on that day? But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you have a black, like you have a Black Lives Matter, and they know that there's going to be a congregation, they got you know twenty thousand security. Mm-hmm, but sure. Trump's going to hold a rally on his little Q, whatever fucking dark net, and they're telling people they're flying in all, from all over the country, and there's only like fifteen hundred security that day. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. That somebody has a fucking Confederate flag on the grounds of the white. Like, come on, man. Like, we, I've never looked at anybody in my life and looked at color. I was raised that way. My father raised me like, you got blood. That guy from China's got blood. That guy from, like, I, I, you know, that's the way I live my life. Sure, yeah. I'm sure. Like, you know, we got to fucking open our eyes, man. Like, why isn't our government prosecuting people that send messages of hate? Like, shouldn't that be, shouldn't you be able to prosecute those people? Like, is it, le- is that freedom of speech that you could like, you know, literally damage? It's, it's society damaging when, when, something like that takes place at our nation's capital, right? Mm, sure. Like, you know, and, and here's the other thing, like COVID and how the fuck did they come up with a, listen, my father died from COVID. Oh, sorry to hear that. My father, got COVID. Yeah. my father got COVID on August 23rd. My father was dead September 8th, right? And I had to go to Florida and I had to take him out of the hospital and I had to put him in hospice and I had to look at him for 36 hours dying, right? 
14 mm -hmm. days, 40 pounds, the man was gone. Okay, now look, he's 85, yeah. 86 years old. I understand. But do you know that the coronavirus, it's not like some new thing that just came out of like the air. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah, I know. How yep. the fuck did they come up with a vaccine this fast? How did they do it? Yeah. They, or have they been I working know. on it for the last 15 to yeah, 17 years? I, I hear you, man. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there's a fucking pandemic, epidemic. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just not buying all the bullshit that's getting sold. I'm uh, not saying I have the answers. I don't. I no, don't. it's like answers, but like you said, but you're not buying the bullshit, and that's yeah. the important thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Open, yeah, open your eyes, man. Don't stop believing everything that you hear. Like, it's okay to be have a voice. And, you know, most of this country looks at the fucking news and they think this is reality. And it's not reality, man. And that's and that's the problem. You know, it's not absolutely. reality. No, it's, it's not reality. It's not. Somebody yeah. wanted to pay to have put on the news. That's that's sure. where I'm almost at. Like I'm at a point where, like, I believe that this is the case. You mm -hmm. know, what I, mean? sure. I don't believe the planes didn't hit the World Trade Center. You know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I saw it. I was in New Jersey. I fucked like you know, but I'm not like conspiracy theorist. But mm -hmm. you know. They say question everything. Like they always tell you. You know what I mean? Don't well, just be you don't question. You know? Not everything, but if you don't question some things, you're like fucking numb. Like, you know, don't be so fucking dumb. That's sure. I guess that's what I'm sure. saying. <laughs> there you go. So when we're talking don't about be done. Music, yeah, our message in the music. It's okay to have a message in the music and honor people that are no longer with us and talk to the youth about maybe not being a fucking scumbag, yeah. right? Like, you talked about A7. The first time, the first show we ever played was at A7. We were, we literally just, had just gotten together. We played a show at A7. It was like in December. I could, first of all, it was like people like were fucking ripping their heads off. It was incredible. The vibe of the room is something special. So Jesse Mallon and Drew Stone and what they what 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 has been able to happen there really is like it's really like a breath of fresh air, okay? Mm. But it's young kids. It's yeah. it's people in their 60s and it's people that I don't even know if they're supposed to be in the door. Like sure. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like And that's pretty amazing. That's 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 really great when you think about it, especially hardcore. Nice you know? It is, man. It's nice to see, man. It's yeah. nice to see, like, um, they, they're just there to have a good time. There's never mm -hmm. a fight. There's never anything. And it's a tiny, tiny room. So it's a great place to play if you really want to see shit. You know, we filmed parts of, sure. like, our Raise a Glass video in there. I made them do it, like, mm -hmm. three times. You know nice. what I mean? Okay. Like, it's we, – we are always going to be grateful, and we are always going to be so respectful towards – uh, that place, mm -hmm. the New York Hardcore Chronicles, Drew, Jesse, like that whole movement there, like we're indebted to them because they really helped us kind of hone what we were trying to put together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I mean that sincerely. Sure. Like, uh, again, you're talking about some great people. Surround mm -hmm. yourself with great people. If mm -hmm. somebody in your life is just a fucking hater, 
and or if somebody in your life is always make like bringing you down, just eliminate them and surround yourself with good people. Absolutely. It's a great you know? piece of advice. Yep. Uh, I agree, man. And, and you got great people uh, supporting the band too. You've got, like you said, Mario came over to uh, upstate records. Um, great, great, great people. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. you guys, and, you guys, and, yeah. and their friends, like, like the the we got hooked up with Mario and Kim because Mike Valente from Brick by Brick, who's a friend of ours, was like, mm -hmm. "Hey, I know you got something. You're starting brand like this. Like you should talk to these people. Like, and you know what? Fucking good people mm -hmm. just give you great advice. Absolutely. Really, you know, yeah. and yeah. and they're great people. You know, they're, yeah. they're absolutely fantastic people. Yeah. And uh, but there's been a lot of people. Laz Pina. Dave Reiser, if anybody's out in the PA area and you want to record, Rock Hard Studios, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Dave Reiser, right? Send me a message. I'll send you his number. Like, this guy let us go out there, and we've known Dave for years, but he's got a great, great, cool feel vibe studio out in East Stroudsburg, PA. Um, and he'll work with any band <clears throat> to make it affordable that, you know, you can do what you got to do. But like somebody like Dave Reiser that helped us out from jump, what Laz Pina has done for us is like beyond words, right? Mm. Like he has, he has given time, you know, because I, one, he's a great person Two, I think he, he likes what we're doing. He liked what we're doing, you know? Mm. And, uh, you know, same thing. Like, now we're working with Jerry Farley. Like, you know, look, we are honored to work with Jerry Farley. But, like, he's going over and above for us, right? Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to produce our album. But, you know what I mean? Like, he is going out of his way to make this a reality that we can actually record this record with him. You know, like, the way we want to record the record. Mm -hmm. And it's just about, it's about great people. Yeah. You know, it really is. People in Europe, everybody at Cortex Records has been, like, phenomenal. Like, mm -hmm. they've, they have gone over and above to help us. Like, we're eternally grateful to every person that has, like, helped us kind of get going. Even though we've had, like, an 11th mon month interruption, you know. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Well, Dan, man, you know, thanks so much for for taking the time, you know, and doing this oh. with me. Uh, once again, uh, Kings Never Die, the new EP, tell us what we live for. It comes out March twenty sixth. Yeah, on Upstate Records. Go ahead, just throw out the plugs, Dan, of where everyone can, uh, you know, find you and find information on when, you yeah. know, all the happenings with the band. I told stuff. you, I wanna, yeah. I wanna, I wanna do something, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, go ahead. We were <laughs> we were going to play last St. Patrick's Day with propane uh, up at Chrome, right mm -hmm. in upstate New York at at Mike Valente's spot, right. And so we for St. Patrick's Day, I think I printed awesome. like seventy two of them. This they are St. Patrick. Now look, St. Patrick's Day is coming. It's coming so up, yeah. I'm trying, you know, a month from today, actually. Yeah, so I have like 72 of these Irish green kings never die, will never forget you, will always remember shirts. Okay, so it's this simple we have no idea really what we're doing on social media. Okay, and we do understand that, like, you know, you have to get followers or you know, you look like 
basically like a jerk off, right? <laughs> so yeah. this is what I want to do. I have like 50 of these, all small, medium, large, XL, 2X. I have no 3X. So anybody just follow Kings Never Die on Instagram. It's uh, at Kings Never Die Official. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. At Kings Never Die Official, just follow and just send me a message saying that you saw Aftershock TV and your size and your address, and I will just mail you a shirt. You don't have to pay for shipping. Basically, I have 50 Irish green shirts that we're never going to use, and I want to give them away, and I'll pay for the shipping to ship it to you, and it's totally but I'm not that's shipping it to awesome. Europe because I'm not paying 30 bucks to sure. ship it. Yeah, sure. No, that's great, man. Thanks. I mean, to yeah. listeners out there, obviously, yeah. you go ahead and go to, go to Instagram and, and yeah. yeah, drop yeah. a message. And that's yeah, where absolutely. you find us. It's uh, at Kings Never Die Official on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's at Kings Never Die Band on Facebook. But I really think Facebook is just like almost a waste of time. Like, I don't it's, even. Uh, yeah. People aren't even fucking interact. Like they don't even interact. You know what it's, I mean? It's kind of it's becoming. It might become the new MySpace eventually. We'll find I, out. I don't right? know. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is that we do have a website that we have never uh, even sent out that we have a website, but we do have a shop KND site that we're going to launch next week. And I don't know when this okay. is going to air, mm-hmm. but uh, if you go to the same address, uh, www kingsneverdieofficial.com that's our web address okay. uh you can go there look at all the videos look at you know there's there's actually it's a full-blown website that that john milnes the drummer of mucky pup like mm. built for us and awesome. you can click the shop knd link mm. and by next week probably by the time this airs uh all of the new it's what we live for apparel it will all be available and it's simple. It's just like its own little online store. It's not through some other company. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and so that's for us orders. You go to, uh, Kings never die official.com click Mm -hmm. on the shop K and D in the United States. And then in Europe, uh, we're going to have two places in Europe that you can purchase K and D, uh, Kings never die gear. Just don't buy it from anybody else. You either go to cortexrecords.com and buy, because they're getting new gear sent to them. Mm-hmm. You either go to cortexrecords.com in Europe, or you go to Merch Arsenal. Uh, they will also have our apparel. Merch Arsenal Europe will also have our apparel. All right. So it'll be Cortex Merch Arsenal in Europe and our shop, Shop KND in the States. Awesome. All right. And also one last thing, uh, absolutely go to upstaterecords.com and support. If you can support, uh, all of the bands on upstate records, because that is, uh, a family run label, a family of bands. And, uh, you know, that really is the right thing to do. Like, you know, support, Great label, man. Yeah. Support yeah. the 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 family run businesses. Like yeah. mm-hmm. they can't they don't run a record label like for free, you know. Sure. No. It's, it's a huge commitment. And not just Kings Never Die, but all the bands. Please support the upstate records bands. 
Absolutely. You got it. All right, Dan. Well, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate it. another great interview right here on aftershocks tv and before we go just want to remind you one more time make sure you get over and subscribe to the cms podcast network cmspn.com you can watch you can listen you can subscribe to everything that we do not only us but uh the classic metal shows shockwave skull sessions uh talk to me it's all there one site get four great shows never have to do anything again but be entertained so Check it out, uh, cmspn.com, cmspn.com, cmspn.com. Until next time, folks. Joshua Toomey here of the Talk To Me podcast. And before we get into this next episode on the CMS Podcast Network, let's talk about the Talk To Me t-shirt. It is awesome. It has a skull, pizza, and headphones, all the great things in life.
<laughs> so if you want to support the Talk To Me podcast, head over to talktomepod.com, scroll to the bottom of the screen, order yourself a Talk To Me t-shirt, let your friends and family know that you support the Talk To Me podcast, and that will be much appreciated. So once again, guys, talktomepod.com, and now on to the episode you actually came to see. <laughs> 